This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. A few years ago, I visited one of our Shofar churches in London, UK. During a time of corporate worship and prayer, someone received a revelation of the Bride of Christ, the Church of Europe and possibly other parts of the world, being in a wheelchair. I wondered, why would the Bride of Christ be in a wheelchair? This image speaks to me of a lack of faith in the greatness and miracle working power of God. Without confident faith in who Jesus Christ is, who God is according to scripture, the miracle worker, we lose our spiritual strength and are relegated to a wheelchair. This is a picture of dysfunctional faith and parts of the church are in a metaphorical wheelchair at this very moment. The Bible is a book of miracles from beginning to end. It assumes that the Creator God is a miracle working God, not only in the past but through all seasons because Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday and forever. God changes not if the God of the Bible exists. As respected pastor and author Timothy Keller says, there is nothing illogical about miracles if a creator God exists. If a God exists who is big enough to create the universe in all its complexity and vastness, why should a mere miracle be such a mental stretch? If God is real, and if he created everything, then for him to do a miracle is a small feat. Have miracles happened in the past? Some say no. There's never been a true miracle. Do miracles still happen today? Well, some Christians say that miracles ceased after the death of the original 12 apostles. In a moment, I want to give you irrefutable evidence for miracles still happening today. Just one genuine miracle done through prayer in the name of Jesus Christ by sincere followers of Christ is more powerful than a hundred arguments on the topic. Child of God, would you want dysfunctional faith being relegated to a spiritual wheelchair? Or would you prefer a strong, vibrant faith in the miracle-working God? In this following video clip, I show you one of the most beautiful miracle accounts I've ever seen captured on video. And it reveals God's heart and goodness. Dahlia Knox was in a wheelchair for 22 years and after prayer in Jesus' name got up from the wheelchair and walked. Here is the story and actual footage of that moment. Let faith arise. There's a whole lot that I don't recall specifically, but I know this, the car vehicle was upside down and they were trying to get me out and there was music playing in my head. On a snowy Christmas day in 1987, Dahlia Knox was in a car with her sister and brother-in-law when they were hit by a drunk driver. I was semi-conscious, then I went unconscious. And so then I woke up in the hospital. Although the others escaped with minor injuries, the crash left Dahlia paralyzed from the waist down. Doctors told her she would likely be confined to a wheelchair the rest of her life. From there on, I had to, I mean, I went through, like, what do I do from here now? Where do I go from here? Dahlia was determined to live her life. An accomplished gospel singer, she continued her work in music ministry, but her life was hard. 
I would continue to go and sing and I would push myself, you know, into the restroom or the shower, or whatever, and then I would drag myself into the car and I would push myself. It was one of those things where you had to drag yourself, you had to push yourself. Dahlia believed God would heal her as people prayed constantly for her. But after a decade passed with no changes, she started to lose hope. I didn't like going to altar calls because every time I would go somewhere, the service would change to a healing service and somebody would try to pull me out of the chair and I've been plopped, dropped, flopped and flipped and you know, to the point where I was like, I just can't go through that anymore. While attending a Christian conference, she was captivated by one of the speakers, Bishop Levy Knox. It was so amazing because he didn't see the wheelchair, he saw beyond the wheelchair. He later became her husband and a major source of inspiration for Dahlia. I remember him taking me in front of the mirror at home um, and holding me up and, and just say, I want you to see yourself standing. He would take me and dance with me and just, you know, as my legs would dangle, he would take me around. And he was one that always continuously tried to put hope and faith in me as to think beyond that, even though at times I was frustrated about it. By 2010, Dahlia had been in a wheelchair for over 22 years. In August, she and her husband attended a conference hosted by evangelist Nathan Morris. The evangelist went up and he started speaking on healing and all that. Had I known it was a healing service, I have to be honest, I would have never gone. She was at the front of the church with her husband when Pastor Morris started praying for her. Here I am confined for 22 and a half years in this wheelchair. And for the first time in the longest time, I find myself that something could possibly really be happening. I said, I'm feeling something in my legs. The power of God is all over this sister right now. She normally has no feelings, but she, she can feel our hands on her, our hands on her legs. And she's had no I had to get to the heart of it. And the heart of it was, are you willing to risk your pride and take a step of faith, even if you fall? With the assistance of her husband, Delia slowly rose. She later stumbled and sat back down, fighting to block out the doubts flooding her mind. I remember the words that he prayed were, let faith arise in this woman of God. In Hebrews 11, faith is in the present and the now, it, it's standing between two present terms. Now faith is. And I sat there and a righteous indignation came in me. A righteous anger came in me. I just said to them, I just said, just worship, just worship, just worship, because I wanted to drown everything that was going out, out, out. I just, just worship, just right, worship, worship, worship. Then her husband and Pastor Morris helped her back on her feet. She took a few steps on her own. Then, as the congregation sang and prayed, Dahlia started walking around the church. Paraplegians will tell you that you can move on your hips. And so I thought, was I moving on my hips? I just started moving my knees up and down, and I started bouncing on my knees. It was like the awakening. This is really happening. She began to take those steps and began to walk. It was like the word the word that had already been spoken, uh, beholding the word, uh, hearing the word, 
And now the manifestation of the promises of God was being fulfilled right before our eyes. It was phenomenal. It was, it was life-changing for us. Over the following weeks, she says God began to strengthen her legs. Three weeks later, she walked in front of her own congregation for the first time. Today, Dahlia leads worship at Living Word Christian Church in Mobile, where her husband is the pastor. She also dances with him every chance she gets. The miracle is the journey, is not the moment. It's the journey of recognizing who God is. If he would have never healed me, I would still be pushing through to get into his face. Because it's not about the healing, it's about the journey of knowing that God is there for us. What a beautiful account. I love how her husband danced with her, lifting her up while she was still in the wheelchair. And now after being healed, they can dance at any time without any hindrance. That is God's love and goodness revealed. Let faith arise in each of us. You will have to try hard to deny that this is a true miracle from God. Here we have a miracle confirmed by multiple trustworthy and respected eyewitnesses. They knew Dahlia. She was an accomplished gospel artist and everyone saw her in the wheelchair for those 22 years. So what is the best and most logical explanation for this miracle? Could there have been a natural cause that caused Dahlia to suddenly begin to walk again after 22 years in a wheelchair? Or is the best explanation for this miracle that it's a genuine miracle? That God intervened from eternity, releasing his creative healing power into her body as they prayed over her. The most obvious explanation is simply that Jesus showed up through the power of the Holy Spirit and he healed her in the same way that he healed during his earthly ministry. This was the pattern of scripture, of the gospel accounts, and what we see in the book of Acts as the followers of Jesus began to preach in his name and pray for the sick to be healed. This is how God operates to get people's attention and to reveal his love to the hurting and broken. Some say healing miracles after Christian prayer is simply due to the placebo effect. People think they are better, but they really aren't. Now, you don't reconnect a severed spine through the placebo effect, do you? Or could it just have been luck that this abnormal and sudden reconnection of the nerves in her spinal cord just happened by mere chance at the moment of prayer? Nathan Morris proclaimed to everyone present that Jesus is alive and still healing today. And then he commanded healing to Dahlia's spine in the name of Jesus Christ, and she was healed. Is it mere chance or was God's healing power released through the prayers causing her to be healed? You know, it's one thing to believe something like Jesus Christ is alive and still heals. Anyone can believe anything, but that doesn't make it true. But it's a different scenario when you can give evidence for your faith by causing a paralyzed individual to suddenly walk again as you pray over them in the name of Jesus Christ. Now that is powerful. That is evidence for your belief being true. Or could it have been the power of the mind? Some say 
simply mind over matter, revealing the innate power hidden within mankind. If we could only unlock a greater measure of our brain power, then we could all do this. Some say we could all heal people and cause the lame to walk. Really? Is that the best explanation for this miracle? This line of thinking that this could be done by our brain power reveals the massive clash in belief in our world today. It's the same fight that's been from the beginning of mankind. Either we will allow God to be God or we will play God. Either we will humble ourselves and admit how small and powerless we are in ourselves and God gets glorified for every wonderful miracle or we exalt ourselves trying to play God as if we could evolve to a higher level and become God ourselves. That is a pipe dream. You and I are not God and we will never become God. We cannot even heal a headache by our own human ability. However, there is a God who created all of this, and He is waiting for you and me to humble ourselves and to give Him glory. Every genuine miracle is a sign from heaven to stir faith and to point to the one who is worthy of all glory and honor, Jesus Christ. God who became flesh and who died for our sins so that we could be saved in Him. Reject these other false theories of trusting in self or trying to be God and let faith arise in you, in God. Dalian Knox and tens of thousands of others have experienced the miracle power of God over the last few decades as Jesus Christ healed them. It's astounding how many miracles are happening all across the world right now through the Church of Jesus Christ. Large parts of the Bride of Christ have stepped into true faith. They've gotten out of that metaphorical wheelchair of dysfunctional faith and are seeing mighty miracles take place through their prayers for others. Today, and in this series of miracles, I want to help you to step into faith. May each of us get up out of the wheelchair and become the beautiful and powerful church Jesus calls us to be. I'm going to explain to you what miracles are and what some of the sources of unbelief are that has caused parts of the church to doubt the reality of miracles. I will also show you two more video clips. The one of a lady who had a large hole in her foot for 15 years and was healed through prayer a week before the foot was to be amputated. And I will show you how to pray for others as I take you with me on video as I prayed for a lady this past week who couldn't move her neck for more than a year. May you not only believe that miracles are possible, but also that God wants to do miracles in you and through you today. Let faith arise. So what are miracles? C.S. Lewis said that miracles, in fact, are retelling in small letters of the very same story, which is written across the whole world in letters too large for some of us to see. In other words, a close-up here and now miracle is a retelling of that large original creation miracle revealing the reality and love of God to each of us. Richard L. Pertle, professor of philosophy, defined a miracle as follows. He said that a miracle is an event brought about by the power of God that is a temporary exception to the ordinary course of nature for the purpose of showing that God has acted in history. A miracle is a sign that points to the reality of God. 
A genuine miracle shifts mindsets and gets our attention like few other things. Jesus confirmed this truth when he said, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. John 4:48. It is a rare occurrence in scripture for people to be philosophically convinced about the reality of God. Normally, they first have a God encounter, a miracle of some sort like the apostle Paul had, and then their eyes open to the evidence and the philosophical arguments and realities that back up the truth of God and Christ follows. Someone has an encounter with God and then the mind catches up later to the solid arguments confirming the reality of God. Genuine miracles cause faith to arise. It shifts people out of unbelief and into true faith in him. A miracle done in the name of Jesus also reveals to people that Jesus Christ stands out from the crowd of other religions. Now, we saw this in India, having meetings there with many Hindu believers. You simply don't have time to explain theologically and apologetically why Jesus stands out from all other religious figures and why he is the one true way to Father God, especially in poor, uneducated communities. The Hindu people simply add Jesus to all their other gods because they don't know which so-called God will bless them. But when Jesus shows up, healing them, and setting them free, then in a moment their hearts and minds are shifted and they quickly leave their other so-called gods behind and turn to the one true God. If God is real, then we must be able to give evidence for that. This is how the original biblical gospel works. The disciples preached that Jesus is alive and then Jesus showed up through the power of the Holy Spirit Miracles broke out and multitudes turned to Christ. We see this pattern of ministry confirmed in the Bible when the evangelist Philip, who wasn't one of the original 12 apostles, went out preaching Christ with signs and wonders following. It had a huge impact on unbelievers. In Acts 8 verse 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Philip preached Christ to them. The multitudes with one accord heeded. Why did they listen to the message? Because they heard and they saw the miracles done in the name of Jesus. Many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. This is the original biblical gospel which is continued today all over the world. We see that the reality of miracles is confirmed by the witness of the early disciples of Jesus and by modern day miracles in the number of tens of thousands of miracles happening all over the world right now. Randy Clark shares about a meeting he had in Brazil in 2010. At some point in the meeting, he said, I think there might be someone here who was injured either on a bicycle or a motorcycle. He felt the Holy Spirit highlight that word of knowledge to him. He immediately noticed a young woman who began to shake. She was located right in front of him. When he reached her seat, he noticed the crutches that were lying on the floor under her chair. He also noticed she had a bandage that wrapped around 
one ankle and covered the Achilles tendon and the heel. The reason that she was shaking is because the power of God came upon her. Randy interviewed her and found out that she had been in an accident while riding a motorcycle 15 years earlier. Her heel had been caught in the spokes of the back wheel. This resulted in a large piece of flesh and muscle being ripped out of her heel and Achilles tendon area. She had several surgeries. The lady now had a hole in her heel large enough and deep enough that you could put a golf ball in it. When she tried to walk without crutches, the injured area would tear even deeper into her foot. She had not been able to walk without crutches for 15 years. The doctor had told her she needed to have her foot cut off in the coming week because it was becoming necrotic. The flesh was dying, an infection was setting in that would threaten her life if her foot wasn't amputated. After prayer in Jesus' name, she felt that she needed to try and walk without the crutches. When she attempted to do so, a smile spread across her face because for the first time since the accident, she could walk without pain. The next day, she was back at the church dancing on the stage. Here's a short video clip of the event. You will not believe what just happened here. This lady, she was here to service. Look at her foot. Can you show the camera over here? Look at her foot. And uh, Randy had a word of knowledge. He said, motorcycle. And then, does that sound, is that anything, means anything for anybody? And then she stood up for the word of knowledge, you know, and went there, and she was shaking, 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 shaking. Randy came down with him and started to pray for her, and she said, I had a motorcycle accident. You're going to see the pictures. You're going to insert in this video. You can see the pictures, how bad her foot was. The doctor said, in one week, we're going to have to amputate her foot. She said, no, this is going to heal me. She came to the service, got prayed for, and she spoke to me. Look at this. She could not walk without flushers. Look at this. 15 years. 15 years, had an accident, totally healed. The doctor said, who did this? The muscle grew, the veins grew, it's so restored. And she said, my Jesus did this miracle. Hallelujah. During the next few weeks, the entire hole began to fill in. The necrotic tissue turned from dark black dead tissue to pink. She did not need to have her foot amputated. A few years later, she came to one of Randy's meetings and danced on stage. She has since married. Praise Jesus. Why do some find themselves in a spiritual wheelchair? How did parts of the church come to dysfunctional faith, or rather unbelief in God's miracle-working power? There are a variety of reasons, but today I want to touch on just two reasons for why some find themselves in a spiritual wheelchair. Reason number one, embracing an anti-supernatural worldview due to false philosophy claimed to be based on science or reason, but it isn't. Not believing in miracles is mostly a modern concept. David Hume from the 1700s is regarded as one of the most influential philosophers of the Western world. His influence contributed to the rational theology of German theologians in the Age of Enlightenment, a theology based on a philosophical presupposition that miracles have not happened and do not happen. 
So his philosophy has influenced the church and theology. Professor Craig Keener comments, Hume's arguments against miracles are based on presuppositions and circular reasoning. Hume defines miracles as a violation of natural law, and he defines natural law as being principles that cannot be violated. So he's ruling out the possibility of miracles at the outset. He's assuming that which he's already stated he will prove, which is circular reasoning. In fact, it's an anti-supernatural bias, not a cogent philosophical argument. Today, we understand laws as, as describing the normal pattern of nature, not prescribing them. In other words, if I drop this pen, the law of gravity tells me it will fall to the table. But if I were to reach in and grab the pen in midair, I wouldn't be violating the law of gravity. I would merely be intervening. And certainly, if God exists, he would have the ability to intervene in the world that he himself created. Hume simply rejects any evidence that contradicts his thesis. And many skeptics do the same today. They blatantly ignore the evidence. Another way of looking at miracles is that the Creator God made natural laws, but also higher laws not yet known to science, to work in His creation. This understanding makes miracles not violations of natural law, but the utilization of higher laws. For example, the law of aerodynamics displaces the law of gravity, allowing metal to fly. The Creator has left an operator's manual to help us understand how we are to live and how we can access His miracle working power for our lives and society. So study God's Word in the Bible if you want to discover how to access these higher laws. So reason number two for unbelief. They are simply ashamed of believing in miracles. We so desire to fit in with society, and we're afraid of looking foolish and being unpopular. We could be afraid of someone saying, Oh, you're not seriously believing in miracles, are you? <laughs> believing in miracles isn't popular in certain sectors of, of modern society. And those who believe in miracles could be labeled as stupid or ignorant or gullible. This is our challenge as followers of Christ. Will we follow the biblical pattern? Will we follow Jesus and embrace God's love for people that cause us to get over ourselves and to pray for the sick? Love moves us. God's love for people helps us to break out of the fear of man. So here's a practical example. This past week, I went to pray for a family who was struggling with multiple sicknesses. Uh, I haven't been video recording in general when we pray for people. The focus for us is on loving the person, and we definitely don't want to make a spectacle of people and their pain. But I felt to start video recording our prayer times for people so that we can give evidence for the reality of God to those who battle to believe and to equip the saints in the process of how to pray for the sick. We've prayed for hundreds of people that have been undeniably healed, but we haven't put the stories on video. Here's one that happened this past week. In the three-minute video clip, I take you through the process of how to pray for someone with an infirmity. We started off with a time of worship to welcome God's presence and to glorify Jesus for who He is. Only then did we start to pray for healing. Take a look. Lord, 
manifest right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ thank you father we command we command the power of God to manifest in our neck right now we command all pain to leave right now pain be gone submit to the word to the authority of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus right now kingdom of God come Mr. Ball, let's just do this Okay. Wow. That's okay. And then use a little bit of a massage, but I'm fine. No pain. Awesome. It's gone. <laughs> awesome. What, right. Share a little bit with me. Just what happened, and and how long has it been that you had this neck, not okay. neck problems? Right. I've had neck problems for quite some time. But C6, C7 fusion, a burning sensation. In your neck. In my neck, but it was it was like deep within my neck. Mm. And that burning sensation was really it was you know, it was very uncomfortable. Mm. Um when, when, when did this happen? That's been going on also See for a, 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 a year. Yeah, a year to eighteen months mm, at least. Easy. A year a year to eighteen months. Yeah, easy. Then uh, um yeah, then then I just I just started getting um, the pain that I couldn't I couldn't move. So I went to um, Dr. Gart, sent me for an MRI, and mm -hmm. uh, three vertebra um, sort of pinching the spinal cord. I've been getting very nauseous and headachey mm. and all that sort of thing, and I've been on pretty heavy painkillers. And for uh, the last year, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. easy. Yeah. And were, so you couldn't, you couldn't move your. I couldn't move my neck like that, and I couldn't move that. Everything was the body. I couldn't do this. That. So you, 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 you didn't have motion I didn't to do have that, no. and, you had, to and you had, and you, and you had continuous pain. Continuous, mm. 24/7. Mm. So she was supposed to be able to be off the in April. Yes. And then we put that off. March, and, uh, and then, uh, yeah, it, it was amazing. At first, it didn't feel like anything at all. Mm -hmm. um, I think just the one before the last, mm -hmm. I started feeling easier to move. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a process. So as we it's prayed, been a process. Mm -hmm. as we prayed, every time we prayed, it felt That's better. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a process. And then I had burning, and I thought, oh no, 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 I don't want that. Uh, and then the last time we prayed, it just all it just disappeared. Oh, that's awesome. Praise God. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you. I love to pray for people with sickness and disease. Whether it's popular or not, doesn't matter. To see the change in someone's body, like Nikki's, is incredible. Massive life change follows. It is one of our greatest honors in life to partner with Jesus in continuing his original ministry to the hurting and sick. We see in Jesus' ministry how he often healed paralytics. In Mark chapter 2, the famous account is told of four friends bringing a paralytic to Jesus. They couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd all around the house, so they broke open the roof and let down the paralytic right in front of Jesus. It says there in Mark chapter 2 verse 5, 
When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus saw their faith. Faith moves God to act and unlocks the miracle working power of God. We, the church, must step out of dysfunctional faith, which is simply unbelief in the miraculous, and trust in God to do it again, to do again as he did in the scriptures, and we will begin to see more miracles break out. Jesus responded to their faith and forgave this man his sins. The religious crowd was offended because they immediately knew only God himself could forgive sins. Jesus was claiming to be God. In verse 6, it says, And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? When we lean into our own reasoning, then miracles seem far-fetched. But when we move beyond human reason and step into revelation of who God is, which is an understanding of who Jesus is, the great physician, the miracle working God, then miracles come within reach. Faith connects us to God's power. Let faith arise in you. And then Jesus explains to them that he has power to both forgive sins and to cause paralytics to be healed. Verse 9, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. Now, anyone could say these words, but not everyone has the authority and power to back it up with evidence. Jesus reveals that he is God because he has the authority to forgive sins and the authority to command the man to be healed. Jesus didn't command this healing in someone else's name. He did it in his own name, because he's God. The Christian who releases healing to someone does so in the name of Jesus Christ. We do not do this in our own name or by our own authority. Miracles give proof to the gospel message. It gives evidence that this gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ, is true. It doesn't mean the person who is preaching or praying has perfect theology, but it does reveal God is confirming the message with signs and wonders. And Jesus implies that what he is about to do in that passage, in that account, is easy. Miracles for Jesus is easy. Forgiveness of sins, no matter how bad your past, is easy for God to do. That's what he does. He forgives us because he paid for your sins on the cross. The price has been paid. Receive his forgiveness and love today. And to cause a paralytic to stand up and walk, that's also easy for the creator God. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, by the beating and suffering he took on your behalf at the cross, he made a way for your healing. Receive healing today in Jesus' name. Verse 10, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. And he, Jesus said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. This is the beauty of miracles. It brings glory to God. And Jesus says there that you may know. 
Every miracle done in Jesus' name is a confirmation. It's literal evidence or proof of God's love and goodness to people. And it's so that you may know that you might believe and trust in Jesus. I often tell people after they were healed, see, Jesus loves you. And yes, even when people don't get healed, God still loves them. There is a mystery in why some get healed and others don't. But what I do know is that everyone will get healed at some point. If not in this life, then at the latest the day they step into eternity, when they step into the kingdom of heaven, they will receive a completely new body. We are anchored in eternity. We have an eternal hope. Every healing miracle is a taste of what is to come in eternity when the fullness of God's kingdom comes. Let faith arise. May faith rise in your heart and may you step out of your spiritual wheelchair into fullness of faith. May each of us receive a taste of eternity, of the kingdom of heaven breaking into our lives. May the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, become strong in faith again, unshakable in our confidence in who Jesus is, the healer, the great physician. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that every trace of unbelief will flee our hearts and minds. We renounce every unbelieving false philosophy and I release childlike faith over every soul listening to my voice right now. Let faith arise in every heart and may the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, rise up from dysfunctional faith into fullness of trust in Jesus. Lord Jesus, do it again and again. May the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear again in Jesus' name and always and in every situation. May the name of Jesus Christ be glorified. Amen. In the following messages, I will show you the clips of the blind seeing, testimonies of the dead being raised, and also mind-blowing miracles where people are healed from mental disorders and other rare diseases. You don't want to miss this. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.